What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. And uh, there are just no words to really express how much I just appreciate this guest and all of the wisdom and knowledge that came from this. There are probably some moments where I just wanted to stand up and just run around my house or something because there's just so much energy in the words that she spoke. And this week's guest is none other than the awesome Coach Carrie. And if you're not familiar with Coach Carrie, she is a life coach, three times certified, a therapist. She specializes in doing shadow work. And I'll let her tell her whole resume, but just know that I really enjoy the way that she shares things and teaches things. Now, my connection with her is I actually am a member of the self-care society that is ran by Danica Brysha, and she teaches a class every Tuesday, and that class is surrounding doing deep shadow work. And even though it's only 30 minutes, there's so much that comes from it. I always leave those classes feeling so rejuvenated and having a lot to think on and really reflect on. So goodness gracious, Carrie, thank you so much for lending your time, your energy, and just being so candid and willing to just be real about how this work works and how it can be beneficial for not just diabetics, but for everybody. And you guys know me when it comes to mental health stuff, I'm always going to share. And if you listen to my solo episode around shadow work, doing this really helped me get to the place where I am with my diagnosis and being able to make decisions moving forward that are the best for my health because I'm thinking of my mental health as well and putting me first. So I won't hold this up any longer. Here it is, an awesome conversation with Coach Carrie. Let's do it. Perfect. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. Minus the entanglements, though. So let's do it. Well, hi, Carrie. How are things? Things are great. Things are absolutely great. Busy, but I don't. I want to stop saying booked and busy, and I want everyone to stop saying booked and busy because I want us to be responsibly productive with time Ooh, like to that. do everything else that we want to do. Yeah, I, I like that better because. While booked and busy feels very like, oh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm untouchable. <laughs> hey, I'm over here. You're over there. That's not really a good thing when it's self-care related or just feeling like you're really getting things done. And I'm guilty of having saying, having said that and being in that space. And now I want to just be responsibly productive. Like I want to have time to do all, I'm, I'm setting that intention, time to do all the different things that I want to do, but still feeling like work is getting done too because I think everything we say like it's little spells that we're casting so we have to be really careful about the words and the verbiage that we use so that's my new thing I'm no longer booked and busy I'm responsibly productive 
So that's how I'm doing. <laughs> I need to write that on a wall somewhere because same. And I'm pretty sure I know why this is the same. So fun fact, everybody, we're both Capricorns. I think you're my second Capricorn, shout out to Glucose Gang Mike, that we just, we get it. We like to be, have our hands on all the things and we like to make sure that we're affecting change. And sometimes that leads to saying yes to all the things and not oh, leaving man. room for being able to rest and relax and do the fun stuff. And so, yeah, I need to, responsibly productive needs yes. to be on every wall in my house because I will find myself booked and busy. Which is not a bad thing. I don't want anyone who's using that terminology to feel like, oh man, I, I shouldn't. It's not that. It's just really think about what that says and why you're using that. One, it's a catchphrase. And as yeah. with so many other things, we gravitate towards the things we hear on social media, et cetera. But when you really sit with that phrase and you really think about, especially for people of color and how we think rest has to be earned and it does not have to be earned. It should just be integrated into your life. We need sleep people. Okay. We need to be able to sleep <laughs> and rejuvenate. Yes. So booked and busy is cool in, in what it means. However, you want to be responsibly productive. Like you want to have time for all the other things. So gosh, never thought as a Capricorn, I'd be saying this, but here I am. <laughs> Okay. You know, there's one phrase that I'm correcting myself on. And I told this actually to a friend of mine as well, who is trying, he's a, a live streamer for gaming. And so I was talking to him because he's thinking about starting a podcast and we're trading ideas and, and tips and stuff with each other. And one phrase that I say in a joking fashion to myself and to others, but I'm recognizing I need to change that is, I ain't shit. Don't listen to me. I'm just goofing, whatever. And so I'm realizing, like, I really need to watch when I say that because it's playing the subconscious idea that I really ain't. And that's not true at all. Right. And even when it's a funny, what am I really speaking into my life when I say that? Because I'm trying or I am the shit, excuse me. But when I <laughs> emphasize that I'm not or I tell someone that they're not, it's downplaying who they are. And even if it's meant to be a joke, we often find that some jokes just really aren't as funny as we think they are. And so I'm trying really hard on like quickie phrases like that to reframe or find ways to to convey the funny part of it without it being potentially harmful. Because as I'm staring at my be positive, to remember that I need to speak the right words into my life. So absolutely reframing the things right. that get you going. Oh my God. Okay. I'm really excited for this conversation. I'm going to try to keep it reined in. <laughs> I'm going to try so hard because I know you and I, we could talk and talk and it would just be a, a mountain of gold. You, we, we could probably do our own season by <laughs> itself. So <laughs> I'm going to try really hard. That part. But I obviously know you, but for those who don't or are not familiar with your work, I'd love it if you could just introduce yourself, share your background and your passions. Sure. So my name is Carrie Smith Osei. I am a three-time certified master life coach. I laugh when I say that because it's three times a master. Yeah, sort of. I'm also a mental health professional. I am an emotion code practitioner certified. I will get into what that means in our conversation. I'm also a couples coach. I'm also a law of attraction practitioner. I'm a lot of things, but trust, I've dedicated the time to each of those things. So my background is all about emotional healing and doing shadow work. So with my clients, I like to say my superpower is that I help them 
get through the ups and downs of life that has come from not resolving their emotional trauma. So I've been in private practice for 12 years now. Gosh, that's a long time. For 12 years, and I reside in Los Angeles, California. That's where I'm based. I work primarily with the LGBTQIA+. That's always a tongue twister. Community. However, I work with allies. So I always say that translates to all are welcome. If I can be of service, I'm absolutely going to step up and be of service. My biggest goal is to normalize asking for help. Normalize knowing that there's no shame in bringing all of your burdens to the table and getting someone to support you in that process. So as a mental health professional, I do therapy now at this point, five times a week with individuals, families, adolescents included, and couples. And it's awesome to see brown and black people showing up in the therapy space, right? Like you would think that's not such a big deal. People, it's a big deal. And it is not lost on me. And so every time I have a black or brown person come to me for therapy, I'm, I'm acknowledging that right out the gate. I'm always saying that. I'm always validating that. I know it probably took a lot to get here and you probably didn't want to come. <laughs> but the fact that you show it's, it's like a beautiful thing. So that's like, I guess in a nutshell, who I am. I always think about when people say their bios and it's just long, drawn out. No shade to anyone with long, drawn out bios, by the way. But I feel like I just dive into here are the things that I do. And it's really in talking to me and in watching me move that you recognize how all those things that I just described come together. So that's it in a nutshell. I'm sure maybe I'll think of other things that I do while we're talking because there's so many and I'll pop them into the conversation as we go. <laughs> but that's the long and short of it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. And I have to let you know, I actually, I sent your Instagram profile to my partner because I'm, we were, were in search of our, our new couples therapist. And I'm like, Ooh. Dude, you might want to check her out because can we make this work? Can can we figure this out? And then I saw that you had a wait list. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah that's not awesome. the stars yet, but <laughs> but yeah. But I will say, so my introduction to you is actually through another channel, which is through Danica Brescia's Self Care Society, and I became familiar with her through the ladies from the Almost Thirty podcast. Shout out to Kristen Lindsay, and so through Self Care Society, I've been taking Carrie's classes that she does every Tuesday. And what drew me to her classes is that they're based in shadow work. It's one of the only ones that it's specific to that. And so earlier this week, I did a solo episode on my interpretation of shadow work, just the things that I do that have helped me in terms of like my personal diagnosis, things like that. But I really wanted to bring Carrie on, who is an expert in the field, because I've literally watched her teach this every week. And I'm excited to really dive deeper into how past traumas correlate with the body and how it relates to even diagnosis and even getting through those new traumas and working through that. But before we dive deep into that, I would love to ask you, what is one misconception about shadow work that you just want to be like, can you please stop the badness? This is not true. Like, like I'm, I'm shutting it down right now. This oh, isn't man. it. What's one thing? Okay. So the, there's many things, by the way, but like the one thing I, that I think really Oh, gets under my skin is that people think when you say shadow work, the automatic thought is it's some sort of voodoo. 
that you're doing some sort of dark spiritual work. Nabi, that's not what we're doing. Oh, by the way, I'm originally from New York. So you may hear phrases dropped in here where it's like, what? Nice. You were in California. It's where I lived. It's not where I'm from. But yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's dark spiritual work. It is somehow creating spells. And while I understand that, because for a lot of people, it's very literal. When you say a phrase or a word, it's very literal how they take that. And anything related to shadow sounds all bad. And it's not. Right. So I know you said one thing, but can I throw in like another one? Because yes, I'm a Capricorn. I'm extra. The other thing <laughs> is that when you do shadow work, it means that you're completely broken. That's another huge misconception. Mm. And there's nothing about you that's broken when you decide to do shadow work. The biggest thing that you're doing is actually acknowledging the parts of yourself that you're suppressing. Doesn't mean you're broken, though. And you're not doing anything evil. You are literally integrating parts of yourself, light and dark. You're integrating those parts of yourself so that you can really resolve how you view yourself and how you're showing up in the world. So yes, I know I went beyond the one misconception, but there's, cause there's so many, but those I feel like are the, the top two for me. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the top two. <laughs> no, that I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I even mentioned in my episode of it's not, don't get me wrong, I love Charmed and all that, but it ain't that kind of shadow. It's not, I don't even know how to it's, do any of that stuff. Like, I'm not the one to come you to know, play. Like, Plus, there's people out there that legit, that's what they do. And there's a market for that. And there's nothing wrong with it. Everyone's belief systems and what they kind of fall into and gravitate toward is different. And what yeah. works for one person may not work for another. So no shade on anyone who is doing what they do there, but that's not what this type of work is about. Primarily not with me, I should say, because I really don't know how other people do it. So I, I can't generalize like everyone who does shadow work because I don't know, people do this work differently. But for me, that's not what it's about. I'm very, let's bring all the parts of you, the, the good, bad, air quotes, because none of it is bad really, and the indifferent. Let's just bring all those parts of you together and just see all the beautiful Parts that can come from looking at the darkness. So for me, that's what it's about. Like I'm yeah. always wanting to shine a light on the good that we're doing. So that's that's my jam anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's actually what's really pushed me to pursue a completely separate thing from the Healing in Hindsight podcast because my, my diabetic life is one aspect. I live with it. It's not who I am. And so it is actually through, and I'm pretty sure everybody went through something last year, but it was just a domino effect of things that happened for me of, I got laid off from my job, like many other people, um, a job that I really loved, honestly, for, I've been with them almost two years. I jumped into another one and I'm recognizing I shouldn't have because it was actually the time for me to sit back and really reflect on what I had been keeping under wraps for so long because I thought, okay, once I get high enough in the corporate chain, then, you know, then I can take the time to pursue what I really want to do and what I'm passionate about. And it's led to my whole second show, which is about just deep self-acceptance and being who you are no matter what, because I recognize that was something about myself that I just hid for so long because I felt like I had to follow all of the rules and I had to present myself a certain way because this is what's appropriate. And then when I start to see the cracks under the mask of, well, you're only doing that because someone else told you to do that. What do you actually believe? This is nonsense. I'm out. I'm out. No, no, we're going to, I will just, I will pave the road my damn self because no, all of this is dumb. And so it is through a lot of deep shadow work that 
I was able to just be okay with Taylor because there was a lot about me, especially with body image issues that I was just like, I'm not okay with me. And now it's just, you know, I'm I'm pretty damn awesome. And uh, yeah, we're going to showcase that. I think that's cool. You want to do that? Let's do it together because I've always been a developer and a trainer in my, you know, professional career. And I'm like, well, I don't want to end that because I love, you know, helping people, but what can I help them with? And that led me to figuring out what my secondary calling or, or I don't even want to call it secondary my my yang calling I don't know they're equal to me like my my diabetes work is just as important <laughs> as my other work so like right. you there's, there's a, a number of things but I'm putting equal effort into it cool so I know we touched on a, a, a little bit of what shadow work is and why you specifically focus on that I'm curious to know though like how does shadow work intertwine with your actual health whether that's mental or physical health because I feel mental health is now really making its way into the space of treatment for actual medical diagnosis and stuff like that but there's not enough emphasis on pairing the two of okay here's this medication for your body stuff but now here's what you should do for your mental stuff. Because when I was diagnosed almost six years ago, I was just kind of left to be in my pit of despair, if you will, like many others of like, okay, well, this sucks. I have this potentially lifelong condition that might never go away. And I don't know how to feel about that. And I'm still trying to live my life. So I would love to know the, the correlation between the two from your perspective. Yeah. So there. Everything I talk about is all relative, obviously, to an individual, right? Like, I make generalizations because there are a lot of themes inside of the work that I do where people will come to me and they'll have similar situations, if you will. But everyone's having a unique journey. So I I preface whatever I say next with that because I don't want anyone to ever feel like, oh, it's a cookie cutter solution for how everyone approaches their diagnosis of diabetes or any other diagnosis, by the way. But what I do know to be true is this unhealed emotional trauma. If not checked, if not, if if you don't do something about that, even if it's just beginning to do the work, you're going to see it manifest in a physical condition. Now, before everyone sends me a hundred emails about, you're saying that I'm the reason that I, I got myself in this position of having diabetes. Listen, I don't know. I don't know you like that whoever's sending me that message. (laughs) Look at me anticipating messages of being a Debbie Downer. No, the thing is we all have trauma. I don't care who you are. There's always something because we live in society. We live in the world where like things are happening, right? So we're picking up trauma along the way. And yes, Mm -hmm. when we don't check that trauma, it can show up in a different way. For some people, it does show up as diabetes. For others, it shows up as depression, anxiety, cancer, like lots of other physical dis-ease disease, dis-ease. That's what it shows up as. So I feel like if you know about shadow work, mm-hmm. if you are even, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit familiar with it, you are encouraged to do the work because if you don't, more physical ailments are going to bring themselves to the surface. Cause guess what? When you're stressed out, when you're not dealing with traumatic events from the past, it doesn't have, those emotions don't have anywhere to go in your body. They're not being released into anything. So they find a place in your body and they lodge themselves, right? The, the energy, the feelings, the, the emotions, they all kind of find a home and lodge themselves in your body somewhere. And the subconscious kind of compartmentalizes all of it because it's trying to keep you going. Your subconscious is really what is allowing you to do many of the things that you do because it's just kind of putting you on autopilot. 
And so you're not thinking about doing this work. You're not checking in to do this work because you are still functioning. But you're really not. That's the thing, right? Like you're really not under the surface. If you're not looking at the shadow parts of yourself, they're going to come up later. And that's the thing. When people, by the time people come to me to do the work, it is so far gone. And it's not because they weren't aware that they had trauma or they weren't aware that they had things to heal. They were afraid. Um, they were ashamed. They didn't feel like anybody else was going through something similar. So by the time they come to me, we are going all the way back to like to childhood. We're going back 20, 30 years sometimes, depending on the age of the individual. And we are breaking all kind of generational stuff too. So when you don't do your shadow work, you may still, you're not thriving. You're definitely just surviving. You are still showing up in the world and you are surviving, but you're not thriving. So when you do kind of tap into shadow work, regardless of what your diagnosis is, then you start to feel like there's freedom, even in showing up and knowing, like you said something awesome. You said about your diagnosis, it's a part of you, right? But it doesn't define you. And I think that's something that people need to recognize right. too. Shadow work brings all this stuff to the surface for you to look at it, but none of it really defined you. And so it's just an important thing to look at. This is something that we're not really encouraged to do. The whole premise of shadow work is that we are working with suppressed feelings. We are working with emotions that our mm -hmm. caregivers or uh, parents, whomever raised you or whomever you were around the most, we are working inside of the paradigm of things they told you were true about yourself. And you believed it. And so your whole life, you grew up thinking, you know, like mm -hmm. maybe as a, as a boy or man, I can't express myself because on one occasion, my dad said, man up. And now you're like, oh, God, man up. So now years later, you're in a relationship with a partner and you're emotionally unavailable and you have no idea why, because you, your subconscious has suppressed what, what went on 25 years ago in that one conversation with your dad and you're clueless. And it's like, when you come to me and I start asking questions, I'm like, dude, that's why, okay. You remember when you were five and you just said that to me casually? That's it right there. That's it right there. And people's minds are blown because they're, and I'm giving, this is a very obvious general example, right? And a small one because it's so much deeper than that. But it's a good one because people can relate to that. We understand that what people tell us stay lodged, those thoughts stay lodged inside of our brains. And then they show up later when we get into a relationship. They show up later when we go to the doctor and all of a sudden there's this yeah. diagnosis and the doctor is, yeah, we don't really know how this happened. I have a friend who got diagnosed um, with diabetes. She's been healthy her whole life. Everything has been okay. And all of a sudden, this is it. And the doctor's, yeah, I don't know. Your eating habits are good. Your XYZ is good. And it's for her emotional health is shit. And I know this because she's my friend. So she's, I, I don't get it. I get it. <laughs> There's so much you haven't been working on. And P.S., diabetes in her case was something that she would mention randomly here and there. Wouldn't it be crazy if I got diabetes because uh, she would just say no. it like now it's really hard for me to point that out to her because people don't want to make that connection of we are manifesting things that we are focusing on, but it so yeah. happens to be that. Right. And then when I recommended for her to start seeing a therapist to talk about the emotional stuff, it all started coming out. And, and then she started making the connection. Mm. Spoiler alert, her diabetes is completely under control right now. As a matter of fact, 
it's looking, and, and this is obviously not the case for everyone, but it's looking, she might be beating this thing. Like she might not actually have this diagnosis nice. much longer. And I'm like, wow. So for some people, that's the effect of doing shadow work. Now that you've released all this stuff and you've created room in your physical body for health, guess what? You start to thrive because there's a big yeah. difference. There's a huge, like I said, huge difference between surviving and thriving. And when you shared about like when you got your diagnosis and you were just kind of left with it, right? What to do? And I don't understand. And that's the thing. We, whenever you get diagnosed um, with a physical ailment, doctors aren't necessarily talking about your mental health in the same conversation. They're telling you all the things you need to do to not even get beyond it, to just maintain some level of stability. So here are these pills. Here the, here's this medication. Here's a bunch of shit I want you to take. Let's not talk about how that's going to make you feel. Like, that's what I, I'm not here for that. I'm here to write the prescription. Like, nah. nobody wants to hear about your mental health right now. <laughs> but that's the seed I'm trying to plant. Whenever something occurs in your life, I want you to always try to connect the dots to your mental health. Because everything that you go through has an effect on your mental health. I don't care if you are or you think you are the happiest person in the world. Everyone should have a therapist. Everyone should be talking about how the different experiences in their life make them feel, including a diagnosis of diabetes, right? That's where I am on. I'm, that's how I think. And I recognize that other people don't necessarily think like that. But why isn't your mental health just as important as your physical health? I feel like we should always have that in the same sentence, right? There should always be a connection to that. So that's how I feel about it. I know people may disagree, but I absolutely believe that our emotional wellness is, is affects our physical wellness. Always. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, I'm no, I, I agree too. Because a lot of times, and, and you hear it, stress is the one thing that comes up in so many different medical conditions. And at least with diabetes, and it's not surprising to, to hear that the emotional side has caused her blood sugar to go up which can later on lead to that diagnosis because stress causes your blood sugar to go up. Your menstrual cycle causes your blood. Like a lot of things can set your hormones to go all kinds of crazy. And stress is usually one of the common ones that set off all of your fight or flight functions that leads to, okay, I need to raise your blood sugar so your insulin can start working more so you can have the energy to fend off whatever the hell is coming at you. Even if you're not actually in physical danger. And then you have the work of having elevated high blood sugar for a long period of time. It's damaging your blood vessels. It's damaging a lot of different nerves and things like that. And then your insulin productivity system for, you know, those of us who can still create insulin, it's overloaded. And then it's no, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to help the, the glucose get into your system so you can burn the energy off. There's too much, there's too many people here, too much, I'm out. And now you're insulin resistant, which also leads to it. So it really is tied so closely with that because at least the way I see it or what I've understood in a lot of the efforts that I've put into myself over the past, I honestly say two years, is every time my mind has been in a great place, all of my actions followed suit. I didn't eat crappy. I wanted to do more activities or I wanted to get out. I wanted to, you know, be involved in things. I wanted to do things that brought me joy. But in the moments where I was struggling mentally, whether it was because I had something going on with myself or even in the work field, I was a manager. I had 15 bodies that reported to me and all of their issues that came with it, whether it was work related or not, like 
that weighed on me and I needed to hold space for them because I'm, I'm their leader. I'm supposed to do that. And so all of that bearing down leads to sleeping in, barely getting to work on time, or I'm, I'm not putting any effort to taking care of myself. And my work is kind of rushed because I'm so mentally overwhelmed that the order of how things should flow is just completely off. And so the more that I dug into, okay, if I don't get my mind right first before I start anything else, then it's all going to go to shit because I'm putting mental energy into something that isn't actually serving me. And so even now working for myself, my mornings are for me. I actually don't start working on anything until 11, sometimes noon, because I recognize a sleep is also a big thing, especially for diabetics. Like we need sleep y'all. Okay. Four or five hours a day. (laughs) But sleep on top of just giving my mind the opportunity to set the tone for the day. I get more done in four hours than I do in eight hour days. And my, even my therapist was telling me about this. You're typically, you get the most productivity in four hours than you do in anything else. And everything else is kind of maintenance mode. That's the burst that you need. And so when I started rearranging my days around that, I was just like, I, I was done early yesterday. I'm like, huh, well, why am I slaving away 40 hours a week for somebody that don't even think twice about, okay, yeah, I'm glad I quit <laughs> you know, because you don't realize how much it plays a role. And so I even tell my dad sometimes because his, he, his job is insane and he's also a type two diabetic and, and stress and anger and things like that build, he builds it up. And then he implodes and we're like, this is not healthy. (laughs) Like it's not healthy. And so I make sure I tell him, I'm like, what are you doing for yourself today? Are you doing something for yourself today? What is that? And then in those moments where work is crazy, I actually like to go sit in my closet, like pitch black, close the door. And I just sit in my closet, like my own miniature sensory deprivation chamber, which (laughs) obviously doesn't work. Because my dogs are like, why are you in there? But because it just gives me a minute to just stop. Because we're never doing that. We're just constantly going all the time. And when we're going all the time, it's because we want to ignore the thoughts that are coming up and not dealing with them. He nailed it. That's the other part. So when I think of shadow work, I think, or let me back up. A lot of people say when I suggest, oh, meditation, mindfulness, all the things to slow down, like what you're describing, that question, what have you done for you today? And people will respond, I'm so busy. I, I don't have time to X, Y, Z. I'm like, that's exactly what you're the prime target. The the mm-hmm. moment you say I don't have enough time, that's your trigger right away to know, you know what, I probably need to be doing this. I need to be the one doing meditation and mindfulness the most because you just again nailing it with how you're describing it. And that's because you're living it. And that's why it, it lands for you because you've gotten to see when you haven't done certain things, what has occurred. And then when you maybe did a little bit of a of a something. What happened there? And now that you're like fully committed to a process, daily rituals and things like that, how completely different your life looks. By the way, shadow work, that, that's doing a piece of shadow work too, right? Like you probably didn't think of it that way because you having the self-awareness and the recognition of what I need for versus what I want versus what is necessary because it's mm-hmm. you got to like look at it all in those compartments too. But then saying, you know what? I can't function if I don't pour this back into me because shadow work says Mm -hmm. somewhere in your life, somebody told you, maybe you remember, maybe you don't, that hard work pays off, which it does, but people take that to the extreme. I'll rest when I'm dead. 
what? Well, yeah, you will because you'll be dead. What? Huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I never really understood when people, you know, I sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, you will. And we won't have your energy to interact with. Dude, what are you talking about? All of those things. So I feel like some people are doing shadow work and they don't even realize they're doing shadow work because a lot of it is yes. self-awareness. It's self, it's that recognition of what have I been doing that hasn't been working? And then if you go a little deeper with it, when you know you're doing shadow work, you try to connect the root. It's like, where did I learn this? At what point did I pick up this habit? When did I create this limiting belief for myself? At what point did my subconscious just get on board with this shitty behavior? Like you got to be asking yourself those questions and people do that, not recognizing that shadow work too. It don't have to be fancy, y'all. We don't have to have big terminology inside of it. You don't have to be in, in a giant workshop. I mean, definitely come to Self-Care Society on Tuesdays, 9.30 and 11.30, my class, boom, had to plug it. But I'm saying, focus, <laughs> you can come to my class, but I'm just saying you don't need some big event for you to take a small step yeah. in the direction of taking care of you. And that's legit what shadow work is. It is you taking care of you. It is you putting yourself back in yeah. control of your own experiences and your thoughts and your actions and your behaviors. It is you being accountable for you now in the adult version of yourself. The past is over. We can't go back and change any yeah. of that bullshit. We, we, we can't do anything about what our parents said or didn't say. But as an adult, we can recognize how that has affected us. And we can start to reflect on those things. In the class that I, I just plugged, Self-Care Society, one of the big things we do, and you can attest to this, Taylor, is we do a lot of prompts. We do a lot of reflection. People get triggered. But my big thing is self-care is not just airy fairy, yeah. y'all. We love a good spa yeah. night at home, right? We love a good candle break in the tub and all the things. And that's cool. Like, I'm a big fan of those things as well. But I'm a bigger fan of sitting with your feelings. And really understanding what those feelings mean. Mm -hmm. And crying your damn eyes out if you need to. Taking that deep breath and going, okay, so now what does this mean? What do I need to do yeah. to shift this pattern? That, to me, is self-care on a whole other level, right? So I forget how I got into this space of what I'm saying, but the point is, no, you were just responding. It's it's great. You got to take care of you is my point. And you always have to be pouring back into you because we tend not to, especially yeah. as people of color. And I just think that's a really important thing to keep pointing out. I Yeah, it sounds like I'm a broken record when I keep saying people of color and how we take care of ourselves. And that is genuinely because one of my other passions and one of the other things I do in my business is I'm helping clients break generational trauma, break those curses. Stop yeah. doing what those that came before you did that wasn't working. Because our ancestors, we pay homage, right. we honor our ancestors, but let's be clear, our ancestors were legit just surviving in certain scenarios, never ever yeah. getting to a point of thriving. But here we are in present day, we have an opportunity. This generation has an opportunity to do things different. So let's take care of ourselves. When you get a diagnosis of whatever it is, you feel your feelings about that, right? Mourn the life that you would have had without this diagnosis, for sure. But then 
Put your big girl panties on and let's figure out what we have to do for you. You need support, get a therapist. You want to do a holistic route? Great. Figure out what you need to bring into your life from a health space in addition to the medication. Because as a therapist, I'm a big proponent for yeah. a place for medication and holistic healing. Right. Like I think medication is necessary for a lot of diagnosis, different diagnoses. But I also feel like holistic, a holistic way of looking at things. How are things affecting the mind, body and soul? I think there's a place for that as well. My point mm -hmm. is get on top of that and figure out a regimen that's going to work for you. Right. How do you navigate having any kind of a diagnosis, including diabetes? Well, you figure out what regimen is going to work for you. You do not ignore what your doctor says. Definitely don't do that. However, you figure out what else. Is there natural ways you can also be doing things? Are you moving? Are you putting exercise in, in your regimen? What's your food, your diet look like? All those things are important. And we no longer get to just have the excuse of, well, I don't know any different. Figure it out. Like it's time to figure it out. Listening to podcasts like this, shit, Google and YouTube. There are friends, y'all. Just go in there, pop in a search. Yeah. Go down the rabbit hole of information. That you Yo, that's my mom. That's my mom's uh, response to everything. Did you Google it, ma'am? You all right? She right though. She right. Did you Did you Google it? Did you Google it before right. you came to me and asked me? Did you Google it? Oh well, shit. Oh. Yeah. Feel it feel it yeah, it's true though. Just a little trick. Man, so, so much great stuff because I love what you said earlier about, especially in our ancestry, how rest was earned. There wasn't a choice in that. And I think it's also still built into our culture that you do the work hard, you, you put in your 40 hours, you show up, you do all this, and then you'll be rewarded not only with the check, but acknowledgement for all the stuff that you're doing. And I think even with the pandemic, it's challenging companies of that's not going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. If you're not allowing people to prioritize rest, then you're going to find yourself losing more and more people because people are starting to take back their power and understanding of at the end of the day, if you don't get you together first, there's no way you're going to be able to perform. And I wish I, I feel like whenever I get to a place of hiring a team, that's what I want. Like you straight. Because the only way that you're going to be able to produce what I need is if you're straight. And you can tell uh -huh. when people are taking advantage of that, obviously. But when people genuinely need to take care of themselves, like that has to be first. And I, you know, don't agree with any company that punishes you for having to do that. And when I feel like when we look at our, our European counterparts, it's just, they're not even working 40 hours, y'all. Like, right. <laughs> so what are we doing that we have to slay literally for another company? For 40, and for those who, who lived the uh, salary life, that's out the window. You can't even say a hard stop of 40 hours. It's whenever, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Uh, because until it's done. done. That makes it worse because you're just like, oh, I'm constantly on. I can't turn my phone off because then I get bitched at for like, your team member needed you and you didn't answer the phone because it was after 10 o'clock at night and I need to sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So That part, I mean, but that's the thing though. We So a part of that, right? Because we can't put it all on the companies. Because I've worked in corporate America, I've worked in different things, and then I've run my own business. Now I run my business and I do therapy for an organization. So it's I'm, <laughs> it's like a double life because in, in my home yeah. office, like where I'm at right now, like I'm in charge of creating all my scheduling and all of that. And then doing therapy for an organization, sure. they tell me what to do. So that's been interesting too, because I've had to create the boundaries sure. with that for myself. That's where the shadow work comes in as well, because we, 
The reason that we are doing that 40 out 40 hour plus life and not thinking about taking care of ourselves is like you said, it's been ingrained in us. It's been embedded in us that this is what you have to do to be seen a certain way in corporate America or at your job, wherever, because it's not just the corporate America space. Even entrepreneurs that hire teams, they get bigger than their britches too. And all of a sudden they forgot what is important. So I love that you said when you hire a team, this is what you're going to keep in mind. Kudos to you. But I think we just, we are afraid. We don't know how to ask for that time to take care of ourselves without feeling guilty. You know, that's it. That's all that is. And I put that into practice. Even just recently, I just asked yesterday, two days ago, I forget. Recently, I asked for time off from my, from my organization that I'm doing therapy at. And to put that into perspective for y'all, mm-hmm. as a therapist, you can't really ask for time off. I mean, you should, but you can't. You know why? Because we have clients who, I have clients in crisis. I have clients who have high trauma, clients mm-hmm. who are suicidal. Like, it's a big deal for me to ask for that time off because I am concerned for those clients. What are they going to do? I have clients that I have to see yeah. four times a week because they just came out of a two-month hospital stay and are on suicide watch. In my mind, it's like, oh my God, what? how are they going to survive this time off that I'm asking for? And my immediate next thought was, no, yeah. how are you going to survive, Carrie? How are you going to be able to provide for them if you don't take this time off? If you, I've been in grad school for the last two and a mm-hmm. half years straight. I've been working full time th- that entire time, grad school full time, working full time, being a wife full time, being a daughter full, like all the things full time. Yeah. And I'm finally going to graduate, yeah. you know, in a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, no, I need, a yeah. I, I need to take. I know I'm so excited. But I was like, I need to catch my breath. That was me putting in action. Yes. The boundaries that I've learned to create based on doing shadow work. It was my self-awareness from shadow work to understand. I did earn the rest, but it wasn't because I earned the rest that I asked for the time. It was because I had the call mm-hmm. to really tap in to me and ask me, what do what do you think you're going to need in a yeah. few weeks when you're done? And the response was to turn your goddamn brain off, to sit on nothing. So I think that's yes. a pretty good example. And I'm not going to lie. It wasn't, there was trepidation around that because if there isn't, then you really don't give a damn, right? <laughs> because there should be a little bit, a little piece of trepidation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I care about what I do. I'm passionate about what I do, but I care about me more. And I want to model that yeah. behavior, even to my clients, therapy and coaching clients. If I need a second, I need a second. And I'm going to say that. And that's honestly one thing you can count on transparently when you're doing shadow work and it's actually working. You can count on you being transparent with people and them receiving it how they mm-hmm. how you would like them to receive it. But if they don't, the other part of that is that's not your problem, right? If a job is not in agreement with right. that, you don't need to be at that job. Because they don't care about your mental health. Yeah. And I know that's hard for yeah. people to, to really wrap their heads around because you're scared. You're scared you're going to lose the job. You're scared of the consequences of what's going to happen. But I promise you, what's for you can never miss you. It Honestly, like what's for you can yeah. never, never miss you. So you've got to take care of yourself first. Like you can't be 
this bright light in the world if you're not doing the actual healing work and also taking care of yourself to be able to showcase that light. You know what I mean? And so I think that's important too. And I really want people to stop feeling guilty about taking care of yourself. Like that's so it's okay. It's really okay yeah. to do that. I promise you it is. Yeah. So I think you made you made a big point there about not feeling guilty about taking care of yourself because one of the biggest things that I've seen, not only in the diabetes space, but just anybody, you know, who are they're having to to navigate a health crisis of some sort is that you feel guilty about having the situation in the first place. You feel guilty about being in the whatever body setup that has been portrayed to you. My endocrinologist told me to lose 40 pounds and I'd be fine. And he was nice about it, but I'm just like, okay, th- there's a lot to unpack there. We'll come back to that. What did you say? In- uh, uh, okay. Right. okay. There's guilt around. So for me, I tried to prevent my diagnosis the year before because both of my parents have it. Uh, my grandmother's habit. So I know that there's a, a genetic side to it as well. And to me, it was like, okay, it's my responsibility now that I have this information to get my shit together so I don't end up state that I ended up in. And even Gilton, I was in a, a pretty interesting relationship at the time that aided in my stress. And it wasn't that we were bad people. We were just bad with each other. And I even felt guilty leaving that relationship because it was just like, this environment is killing me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having to deal with all of these things. And the reaction to people when you start taking care of yourself, when you start being a little bit more selfish of like, I need to rejuvenate me more is telling for sure. Because when I see people that are frustrated or suddenly get quiet when I'm doing stuff for myself, that says something to me of, oh, okay. Either you just got a bunch of stuff going on because I like to give everybody benefit of the doubt or me moving this way is somehow triggering you because I'm no longer complaining to you about all the things that I have going on or I'm not this case that needs to be fixed all the time because I'm a fixer and I tend to surround myself with other fixers because I'm hoping that they'll do it for me because I don't want to do it for myself. And I had to cut that cord real (laughs) quick because it wasn't working for me. But, you know, just realizing that once you start putting yourself in the place of, I have to take care of me first. It's not selfish at all. It is just honestly what should be human nature is make sure your stuff is together before I do anything else for anybody else. And people that start to rub against that in the wrong way, they probably shouldn't be around because they're vampires at that point. They're just feeding off of you not being in a good space. And it has really just helped me to understand how I should move and what I set the tone for when I meet new people of this is me. Also just not hiding myself because I used to shrink myself around all different personality types to feel comfortable. But, you know, this is me. This is what I'm about. And when you present X, Y, and Z to me, I'm going to consider where I'm at first, period. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't flow with that, then you're going to have to be okay with me saying, no, thanks. Maybe next time because there's so much guilt and shame around doing things for yourself because we've been conditioned that we should be, we we have to fit into society because that was, that whole thought is built around wanting someone else to have people around them that make them comfortable. In my opinion, other people can disagree, but in my opinion, the etiquette of how you should behave with people or the etiquette around this is what's appropriate in the boardroom is all to make somebody else feel better and keep you from actually being exactly who you are. I feel like if we were exactly who we were, 
we would know how to navigate relationships better because we know that people are giving us authenticity. They're not faking it with this. And then we can kind of build a culture around that. But doing what's best for yourself is the ultimate. I saw what, what I saw today. Someone had posted on Instagram, self-acceptance is the biggest middle finger of all time. And I absolutely yeah. love that. <laughs> because it's just, I'm not going to take it where I have to change what works for me and what feels best for me to make you comfortable. I'm not here to manage your reactions and your emotions. You need to manage them yourself. And as you're managing yourself, we can still coincide together. We're, we're all meant to be unique and we should celebrate that. And so I think that guilt and shame underlining theme with a lot of how we were brought up is such a big deal, especially when you add a health thing on top of it, because I don't want to feel bad for taking medication to get to where I need to be holistically. I shouldn't have to do that. And there's a lot, especially in the diabetes spaces, of people just ripping each other apart for doing yeah. what works for them. And unfortunately, <laughs> it's it, it's kind of scary. I had to leave a bunch of Facebook groups because I'm like, you can only talk about this way of eating, but that way of eating doesn't work for me. So right. what if I just want to share what's been working for me or get some insight about tweaks and stuff and it's just, oh, you had two slices of bread? That's not okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all. I mean, all that projection, though. Like, all that is a lot of projection. Mm -hmm. People, listen, take up space, y'all. I want people to show up and start taking up space. Because the thing is, mm -hmm. it's not just a cliche that we train people how to treat us. Going back to your point of being your authentic self, we're still looking for permission to do that. And that's generational too, right? Like, I don't want to have to ask mm -hmm. for permission to show up exactly as I feel. I did for a long yeah. time because I didn't know. And a promise I made to myself after I left corporate America was no more of that shit. I'm, I yes. want to show up in spaces where I am not just tolerated. I want to show up and I want to feel like I'm wanted there. What I have to add there is going to give value, but that's very intentional on my part as well. So you have to be very yeah. aware. You said it, you surround yourself by other fixers. I used to surround myself by other, well, what's, what's a term I could use? Not fixers, by people who, I was Captain save -a You know what? Let's just keep it real. That That's, you know what? Let me just... <laughs> I was trying to yeah, be politically correct. That, like you know what? And and I'm not no, going to no, be politically correct. That's what it was. Because it, it vibed yeah. with who I was as a person. That was the only way I could technically, yeah. in that space, be myself because I'm a fixer. I'm a problem solver. I'm all these things. If I'm around other problem solvers, interestingly, ironically, not the same as you with, in terms of, because I get what you were saying, right? Like maybe they'll do it. Because they're fixers too. But my thing was, I don't want to be around a bunch of fixers because then we, what are we doing? No, I have to be the one to be able to fix the people who need me. And and then I realized where that came from too, because it was the only way I was really allowing myself to be authentically me. I couldn't do that in other spaces. And that's kind of what led me to becoming a life coach and a therapist, by the way. Because shit, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to get paid for it. And... Yo. That's just what it is. Let's just be real about that. I've been doing it for however long, decades at this point, and it occurred to me, huh, I probably need to get a little cash money for this, for, for all the effort that I'm putting in. And then it would no longer mean Speak that I it. like a circle of people around me who needed fixing. Now I could just do that for work. 
And now yeah. I can show up in spaces and yeah. just be my authentic self and just give them all those pieces of me. Now, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's a natural way of me being. So my career and my personal life do collide in that space because I can't turn off. Yeah. I can't turn off knowing what I know, but I work, I, but I am working on trying to like, just not, right? Just let people talk about their issues, yeah. their challenges, their problems. And I just, I just not. I just, I'm just like, even though I want to be like, I just don't. And I'm like, okay, I'll wait till I'm on a podcast. Let me, let me add this one tidbit. <laughs> right, like, you know what? No, should I tell them they're fucking everything? No, fucking everything up? No, I shouldn't. I should just let them. Okay, should I tell that person you gossiping about people, but your own life is untended to? Should I? No, I shouldn't. I should, I shouldn't. I should just listen. But you learn how to do that because you got to create space for yeah. people to do that for themselves. So it's okay. Yeah. But interestingly enough, it's the shame and guilt that takes us away from being authentically who we want to be. But you have enough experiences, yeah. like you said, and you all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. The new me is emerging. Mm -hmm. and I like this version of me and anybody else that doesn't, they could kick rocks. And it's not being an asshole saying that it's mm -hmm. we can't all go. Apparently, we can't all go to the place that I'm going. We can't all go there. Yeah. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Again, mm -hmm. it sounds because as Capricorns, that makes us look like we're jerks for saying that, but it's not. The, the truth is that mm -hmm. if you try to come with me where I'm going, your feelings are going to get more hurt. Not because I'm trying to hurt them. You're just going to realize you can't keep up. You, you can't. You won't be able to keep up. This is a special breed. <laughs> God, we're big up Capricorns and the ones who yeah. are we're not talking about y'all because there are not all Capricorns are created equal. Just so true, all true, true, true. I dated one. It didn't work out. Oh, well. no, never dated. No, you can't date another. <laughs> oh, we can't date ourselves. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. <laughs> Even though you would think another Capricorn would be able yeah, to understand. Mistakes for me. Um, but they don't. I couldn't date. I couldn't date another me. That would be nuts. That would. I couldn't. Never. My wife is a Virgo and thank God for that. And and even that I say is a lot because we're different, but we're the same. <laughs> so, no, especially the Virgo. Cause I remember me and my dad's a Virgo. We got an argument with our first like big fight where I actually like stood up. I say air quotes, but that's what it felt like at the time for me because trying to share my feelings with him was hard because I was always so afraid of retaliation. And now I just tell my parents stuff because it's like, they're growing too. And it's really beautiful to even see my parents like step into places that I never thought I'd see them. My mom told me uh, when I talked to her on some issues, I'm not emotionally mature to handle doing that. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep myself right here because I recognize that I'm not, what'd you say? Speak your truth, Taylor. Is that what you said? I'm like, I'm so proud of you. So proud. But he said to me in this argument, he's, you know what, Taylor? I'm not going to keep going back and forth with you because I know you, you can argue just as good as I can and we're not going to get nowhere. So I'm going to just end the conversation <laughs> because we, we know. And of course, I'm his spawn. So I, I, I have learned from the petty master very well. But yes. dude, <laughs> so many things. Okay. So I don't want to stop talking, but I know I want to honor your time because I know we're running low on it. So I really we can always do like this that. again. There are there is oh. so much there's levels to this, right? There's so many things. Just to be clear, y'all, shadow work and emotional healing levels to it. It is yeah. honestly, it is not anything you can encapsulate in a short period of time, but I completely believe in planting seeds. 
I believe in bringing resources to people. Even some people are going to listen to this podcast. It's going to be the first time ever they've heard about shadow work or they are being introduced to the concept of how uh, unhealed emotional trauma can lead to physical ailments. Like for some people, it's going to be their first time hearing that, but it's so much deeper than that, y'all, honestly. And I would love to come back on and and go into some of the, the deeper parts of this. But I feel like this is a really great introduction for people to understand what shadow work is, how it affects you emotionally, where it comes from, what it's rooted in, and that it doesn't discriminate. So black, brown, yellow, listen, the trauma and having to do that work, it exists. So that's the other thing I think people need to be clear on. Therapy is not just for non-people of color. It's not, shadow work Mm -hmm. doesn't just affect others. It affects all of us. And the faster we realize that, the more we can step into our healing and really shine, really show up in the world as our authentic selves, like you said, and no longer be afraid of that. Because there's really no point in living a small life. The only person you're hurting is yourself. When you live a small life, that's it. It's the only person. So that's my take on it. I mean... That that I'm aware of. I won't know until till I have to let the uh, the earth realm go. But you only get one shot, and so right. I only get one shot. Yeah. I mean, Eminem said it. I'll let y'all figure figure out the rest of the song. Um, <laughs> so I really <laughs> would love to get one piece of advice that you would give somebody who is just now discovering shadow work, or they're wanting to just now start to get into it. Like, what would be one thing? That you would tell, or two, or two. You know me, right? <laughs> I would say start with sitting in silence for five to ten minutes daily, and in inside mm. of that silence, just allow the thought, your thoughts, to come up because they will. Like when people start meditating, people who aren't familiar, they always tell me they're like, "Yeah, but then all these thoughts come up and they interrupt my silence." That's okay. Let them come up. Mm-hmm. Start to sit inside of that. Learn to sit with your feelings inside of those five to 10 minutes and get curious about that. Not from a space of needing an answer. Just get curious with stuff. Reconnect with your inner child by asking some questions about what they need from you now that you are an adult inside of those five to 10 minutes. So I guess that's one major thing and then a few little things inside of it as far as like a piece of advice. Sit in silence, sit with your feelings. And inside of sitting with your feelings, allow the thoughts to come, get curious about it and ask your inner child some questions regarding what they need from you now in order to feel that love and support that maybe you didn't get in the past. That's the beginning of it because a lot of shadow work is based on inner child healing. I don't know if I said that prior. I may have been just passing and giving an example, but it's important to know that it all connects back to childhood. So just having that time to really sit with that little girl inside of you, that little boy inside of you, because they still are inside of you, y'all, okay? I know people are like, oh, why would I want to do that? That's ridiculous. I'm an adult now. The baby you used to be still exists inside of you. That little girl, that little boy, that young adult, that teenager, that, that person who had their first kiss, their first, like that still all exists within you. We need to learn to have conversations with those pieces and parts of ourselves, especially if there's trauma there, because you want to reassure. Like, I'm taking responsibility now. I am really like doing the work now. I got you now. I I teach my young kiddos in therapy. One of the ways they deal with stress, I tell them to do the butterfly hug, right? Like 
You got to do, and I'm telling that to the kids because they're so, as adults, we got to learn to do that too. Hug that little person inside of you. They still exist. They need to know that they're safe now so you can actually do this work because that's a big part of why people don't want to do it. I don't want to disturb the peace or rather the things that I have put aside because it ain't peace. You think it's peace. (laughs) It's not peace. So that would be, I think, a big thing that you can do as a beginner. And as you get more into it, I would say seek out the support of a therapist, a coach, something in that realm, because the work can get very triggering and I don't want people to spiral Mm -hmm. as they're inside of that space. So you can start on your own, but once you get really deep into it, you probably need a support system, at the very least a trained professional that can help you navigate that journey. And that's not just a plug, get you, and it doesn't have to be me. Obviously, I'm not even plugging myself. I'm saying, get you somebody who is trained to do this work. Yeah. sit with you and hold that space, guide you through the journey, understand how to help you regulate your emotions as you dive into it. All that's important too. But the biggest thing is just start. Wherever you are, whatever you can manage, just start. And I can't stress that enough. So. Dude, remind me to tell you about my first inner child visualization guidance thing that I did. It was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I went straight to four-year-old me and I didn't talk at all. I wasn't audible. I just like pointed and like, touched my face. And what came out of that was just play. And and at the time that's what I was missing is you're grinding so hard. Have some fun. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. It got really crazy. So I want to do something before we close out and learn where we can find you. I'm, I'm going to steal something that you do in your class. Okay. That would be really cool. So if whenever you guys, not if, whenever you guys join Self-Care Society and purposely sign up for Coach Carrie's classes, one thing that she always does is she always pulls a card at the end to help send this off. And so I have these uh, black and gold kind of self-care affirmation cards. And what I love about them is they have this beautiful visual on the front with a quote, and then they have a question on Ooh. the back. And in Coach Carrie's classes, she always does these great journal prompts that I feel like always leave me, like I I answer it in class, but I dig deeper into it after class because it really brings up a lot of great stuff that I end up recognizing within myself. And one thing that I uh, remember recalling in class is I am my job. I think it was the first time I shared in class too. And that was like maybe two or three weeks after I had started working for myself. And I needed that class so bad that day because I was, I had already, I had my first breakdown like a weekend. (laughs) So I was just like trying to get the motivation of structure and all that stuff like that because I have to create all of that. So in the spirit of your class structure, I'm going to pull a card for us. So even though this is recorded, it'll be beneficial to whoever comes across it. Okay. So this one, it says, I enjoy taking care of my body. And it's got a pretty little lotus on it. And then the back question says, what has my body accomplished that is impressive? What are some of the loving decisions I make for my health? Yes. Okay. You want me that's answer? very valid for today. I was like, you want me answer? Okay. <laughs> oh, you can if you want to, but that's what it's asking for you to reflect on. And I think this is pretty awesome considering what this whole podcast surrounds. So thank you for letting me steal your little tactic. I thought. No, it was that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Anything that, that, that kind of 
brings a conversation together. And that's what I think, like with pulling cards and anything that I, that is like synchronistic for me is like the ancestors and spirit affirming everything that just happened. And I, my confirmation, and you're not going to be able to see it on camera, but I always get the willies. I might've told you that mm -hmm. separately, but I always get the willies when the ancestors are like, boom, you're on point. And as we are like wrapping this up, willies, the hair, I, I know you can't see it, but the hairs are like standing up. <laughs> I'm like, can you see it? You can't see it, damn it. But just trust <laughs> that for me, when something like that happens, it's also confirmation that I am in the right energy with the person I'm speaking to, because that's another big deal, y'all. Like shadow work is about intuitively understanding who you're supposed to be around and who you're not supposed to be around, who you're supposed to share energy, time, and space Word. with and who you're not supposed to. And again, this is not about judgment or anybody or shaming anybody or being a cool kid and you can't sit with us. It's not that. It's literally protecting your peace and your energy, which you have to do consistently yeah. and, intel and intentionally, excuse me, on a daily right? That's part of the shadow work too. But I love those cards. And I love that because that brings it together and gives you something to reflect on later. So that's dope. I'll just give you a little piece of what I would answer about the body thing. I am in awe of my body's resilience. First of all, I was going to give another example, but I'm going to give this one because I'm assuming you have a lot of female listeners. Y'all, we bleed every month a lot. And we don't die. We don't die like every month. And I know that sounds <laughs> the men listening are like, yeah, how do y'all do that? Exactly. How do we do that? Our bodies are designed to be able to have just the right amount of blood. For some, it's obviously it's a lot worse. Right. And I'm not talking about if you have a health issue related mm -hmm. to this. I can speak on that because I had fibroids. I had a whole open abdominal myomectomy to remove 16 fibroids three years ago. And my cut me open and my body came wow back. So I'm thankful that my body has the wow. resilience to do something like that. I'm thankful that my body knows exactly what it needs to do. I'm thankful that when I get a cut, I don't have to do anything, but know that my body is going to replenish that skin. Do y'all understand how powerful your bodies are? And if you give your bodies the right things, your bodies will give you back the right things. But even if you don't necessarily do all the mm -hmm. right things, your body is still showing up for you. So please be grateful for that. And your body just Every took day. you through a whole pandemic. Yeah. Like your body just took you through a whole pandemic. For those of us that thankfully never contracted COVID, and I know so many people did, and my heart goes out to those that lost people in the battle of this, but for the many millions and millions of us who didn't necessarily contract COVID, your body did that. Your body did that. Please be aware of that. No matter what you got going on, your body keeps showing up every day. Even with the bullshit we put in our bodies and do to our bodies, every morning you, you wake up and your body's like, all right, bitch, one more day. Okay. Yep. <laughs> New day. New day. And you're like, yep. okay, I get a, I get to start over. I get It's a new day. I get to make a new decision. So sorry to be so crass about how I said that. But that's real. That's like 100% real that I think people yeah. can identify with. So I'm just saying, I'll leave that right there. Dude, you're the best. <laughs> you're, I don't like, think you realize that you signed a soul contract that you're going to not only come back on this show, I got to have you on the live stream show. That's, <laughs> I'm with that's, it. That's where I feel like a lot of I'm, it. I'm, I'm with it. Just, I'm so I'm with just, it. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Because <laughs> this is amazing, guys. I... 
there's a reason why I want to carry on the show because like you said, it's, we haven't even really just broken through the surface of how powerful this type of work can be for everybody. And that's why, and those who listen know that I always have a huge thing about mental health included in this because so much of our diagnosis is our mental health and being able to take care of both because one in my opinion, can't really thrive without the other. I can't be mentally in in bliss and my body is physically in pain. I have to work through all of that to connect them and keep them in stride together and optimize and synchronize, if you will. So your expertise and your wisdom is so greatly appreciated here and as well as your energy. How can people get in touch with you if they want to get on your wait list and check in with you or learn when you're doing a class or something? How can they get in touch with you? Sure. So the easiest way is probably just to go to my website because everything is there. So I am Coach Carrie, dot com. Also follow me on Instagram at I am Coach Carrie. I have something really exciting coming up actually that I would love. It's kind of a, I don't want to call it a VIP experience, but it kind of is because we're only limiting it to 20 people. I'm doing a retreat in South Africa next March of 2022, 20 oh, women. It's, yeah, it's called, I, I'm actually, I want to personally invite you. Uh, we can talk about it more offline, but I want to put it out there for folks. So it's sisters healing sisters. So while we're not discriminating, because we're not about the discrimination life, this is a retreat that is targeted to women of color because all of the facilitators are women of color. And we did that very intentionally because as I said, brown and black people, our approach to therapy, support, help, and all that usually involves feeling shame. So we are, we're creating this safe, intimate space. There is, I want to say five or six of us total. Don't quote me on that because we've had a couple of new people that want to join and be a part of this, but it's going to be dope. It's going to be mm-hmm. so dope. And we're offering a payment plan and all that. I understand that COVID is is still a thing right now. It's next year, 2022, y'all, March 2022. So please contact me directly for information. We are requiring a very small deposit. I want to say it's 200 bucks. It might be 250, but I feel like it's 200 by the end of this month, just to hold your spot, right? This resort that we're doing this retreat on is right on the beach. Have y'all been to South Africa? I have not. And I'm hype about it. But this resort and everything that we've done to create uh, this space. I have not been. Okay? okay, so you need to come, but I would love for people to reach out mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. get information from me. I'm going to have some stuff up on my website. The person who, like the facilitator of this entire thing, she has all the information that she's passed on to me. I am just teaching there, but I'm pushing this because I'm hype about it. Sisters Healing Sisters 20, y'all. There's going to be breath work, energy work, mental health stuff. We're going to be doing dancing, movement, stuff by the beach. Like, it's going to be intense. And we're also going to have time to be in South Africa and do things outside of the retreat. So we're going to have an excursion and things like that. I think we, I feel like we have maybe seven spots left. I have to triple check, but I'm encouraging. And we're kind of handpicking who comes to because the energy got to be right. But if you're interested and you sure. want more info, sure. please do reach out to me at IamCoachCarrie at gmail.com. I am going to put all the stuff up on my website. So by the time this airs, it probably will be up. But I definitely want people to ask about that. Because if not this one, the next one for certain. But you and I can talk about it offline too. Yeah. But that's the big thing I wanted to plug. 
The other thing is definitely, yes, if you do want to get on the wait list, it's not going to be a wait list forever, y'all. I'm booked out till the <laughs> end of June at this point. No, I lie. It's now the middle of July. But that's okay. I mean, people cancel sometimes, people shift things. So if you're on the wait list, it's not like it'll be months and months from now. But that's because I want to be present and show up for everyone in a capacity where I am fully rejuvenated. That's another reason I have the wait list. I have a full schedule of clients, but I could do more. And the old me would have said, oh no, you could fit in these 10 people that want to consult. The new me that is about mm-hmm. my self-care that has been doing my shadow work is hell no wait list and people wait mm-hmm. i promise you it's worth it i just need you to know that i want to be my hundred percent authentic self for you and that can only happen if i have a work-life balance so i encourage you go to iamcoachcarry.com follow me on instagram by the way if you follow me on instagram that's how you can sign up for self-care society there's a link in my bio And then you can sign up for my class, which is called Becoming the Very Best Version of You. Taylor can attest to that, how awesome the class is. And Mm -hmm. yes, I'm picking myself up because that's a part of who I am. Got it? So (laughs) thank you for having me on the show. This was dope. I'm so glad that you asked me. It, It was my pleasure. And I definitely want to do this again. And I'm not just saying that because sometimes people will say shit like that. Oh, yeah, no, I want to come back. And then oh, you try yeah. to reach them and then the numbers change. And you're like, I thought you said. No, I genuinely <laughs> would love to who this? Back, you know? <laughs> like, How come user not found? Did you block me? Whatever. No, <laughs> I was just saying that to say it. No, I'm not like that. I really would love to come back and get into the meat and potatoes of, you know, what the work looks like what the other side of the work looks like because i feel like that's important too not just talking about the struggles of the work but what does the healed version of you look like on the other side that in itself is a whole podcast so thank you and thank your audience for being so gracious and for tuning in y'all keep supporting taylor keep supporting this podcast this is dope we gotta support each other i'm really big on that like i yeah oh i'm so big on that because I get it. I get this entrepreneurial life. So good for you. I think this is amazing. I love the work that you're doing. And I'm honored that you wanted me to be a part of it. So I wanted to make sure I got that in. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate your words. That really means a lot. And it's funny, if you'd said something like that to me two years ago, I'd have been like, I hate it. <laughs> okay, right. You had to bring it back. You had to bring it back. But, (laughs) dude, this was absolutely awesome. You are totally coming back in in more ways than one. I I really would. Such a a great thing. Y'all, thank you for tuning in to all of our wisdom giggles and all of the things because I hope you got so much out of this. This is like a personal class for me. Dude, sign up for Self-Care Society. I'm not even kidding. Like, her classes every week are on point. If you love this, like what she does in 30 minutes like around my lunchtime like I, I I go the rest of the day ham you know what I just got all that I need to release I'm good I, she always plays a song on the way out which always oh plays. yeah oh yeah music is healing that's a part of the work I do I have a whole playlist on Spotify if y'all are curious about oh is this really what's going on I believe they offer the opportunity to just do like a practice run you could take one class I want to say it's, I don't even know the call 14.99 or something you can take the class, yeah. see how you feel about it. You get access to 
my playlists and all the things. But yeah, music is life. So that's a part of the healing doesn't have to be daunting. We can actually infuse some fun inside of the healing. I am a big believer of that. And so the way I teach and I I teach other classes as well and workshops, et cetera, but I bring all of me to it. And I believe that's a really great thing. I love music and I feel like why not make it a part of the healing process, right? It's shadow work, but it doesn't have to be daunting. So anyways, we could go on and on and the people will soon find that out. It's so much fun. I always leave those classes (laughs) just feeling so... It feels like I've exhaled. Honestly, guys, it feels like I've been able to take a moment to just exhale because I always find myself sitting at my desk and you know how they say, relax your shoulders and I relax my face and everything. And I'm like, oh yeah. So like your class reminds me to do all of that and then some, but like deep on the inside. So just wonderful all the way around. So thank you for everything that you're doing in the community and for being able to, to, you know, give your time to this community. Um, I feel like this is going to be super beneficial. So you go find Carrie, you follow her, you support her, you do all the things. And you already know where I'm at every Tuesday and Thursday. You know where to find me at just Taylor Danielle for the personal stuff, at Healing in Hindsight for the podcast stuff. And yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. (laughs) Y'all. We, we really could have just a mini series with just me and Carrie, like real talk. We could talk at length <laughs> for so, for so long. Like this truly is an amazing conversation. I really hope that you guys got something out of it. It's really important to understand how much your mental health plays a role in your health and not only that, it's not just making sure that we're always in this happy go lucky mood, but really addressing the subconscious stuff, the things that we don't think about, the things that we put to the side and want to hide from the rest of the world. We have to come to terms and really integrate ourselves and understanding those parts of ourselves because it, it, it is you. And we shouldn't only praise and uplift one side of ourselves. We have to love and nurture the other parts of ourselves too. And so Thank you so much, Carrie, for your wisdom, for your insight, for the laughs, all of that, because it is just so important, the work that you do and the work that you're doing for communities of color. And then some, it is so great to see you and your beautiful force of being able to make change and impact people's lives. So please go out and support Coach Carrie and everything that she's doing. Again, if you are not a part of self-care society, definitely join. It is absolutely worth it. Try out the one class option. If you're not sure about uh, committing to the membership, you can cancel at any time. Sometimes I've had to take a couple of breaks and that's okay. And you just come right on back. It's a beautiful space. And there are other amazing coaches just like Carrie who are there to share their wisdom and help you navigate and learn more about yourself and being able to really be you and know that self-care is not selfish and giving you the tools that you need to be your best self. So make sure you go follow at I am coach Carrie, check out our website, I am coach all of that, because I promise you, if you're able to get into her space, you will leave changed. As you, it's me, Taylor Danielle. And if you would love to support the show, you can always buy me a drink at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Taylor Danielle with one L, D-A-N-I-E-L-E. Anything that you decide to contribute is so appreciated. It helps keep the lights on, helps to make sure that I'm able to bring in great people and keep this podcast going. I will never, and I absolutely mean this when I say never, 
ask anybody to pay to listen to me in a subscription. I know that's new things. Spotify, Apple, they're all coming out with their own versions. For me, this information is free. And anything that you decide to donate is out of the goodness of your heart and not because I need you to do it. Okay. So thank you so much for your time and energy for listening to this conversation. Again, I really hope that it is meaningful to you and that you take something away from it. Don't forget, don't just prioritize your physical health, prioritize your mental health too. I'll see you guys next week.